Hey guys, good morning. It's Brendan with Evoke Bike. So we had a great question come in and it's about peaking for a bike race. So I want to run through what is a cycling peak. Most people know the general term, um, but what entails training through B races, B priority races so that you actually peak. Um, peaking for an A race, I go through, you're going to want to check out the blog. There's another YouTube video where I actually walk through an eight week training block to my peak for Joe Martin. And then since Joe Martin got canceled, I went ahead and tested um, the week after and kind of talk about that, how to train when not peaking, falling from a peak, which sounds so dramatic and overtraining. And the question really was, Hey dude, I've been wanting to know a lot more about everything that has to do with peaking throughout different points in the year for different a races and how to train when you're not trying to peak for a race. I also want to know when you're at or falling from a peak. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like that's more of an uncovered topic. Uh, I just been worried about peaking too early and not knowing when I'm peaking and overtraining or not peaking in a race because I've been training too much. So training too much is not a good thing. So peaking in general is when you feel anecdotally invincible. You go out and you are just crushing it. You're like, I feel so good. Um, you know, that could also just be a great day. A peak is going to last a little bit longer. It's very athlete, uh, I wanted to say individualistic. It's very athlete independent. But what peaking requires from a training standpoint is a consistent training load and stimulus to give you those physiological gains. So when we're talking about training through races, like B priority races, that's when you're not tapering or resting much before the race because you're, you're trying to drive up your CTL because technically you're going to see a peak happen when you drive up your CTL high and then taper one to two weeks based on the event and your own physiological systems and body. And we get into that in the post. Um, but let's say like I was going to ramp up my CTL to 120, 130 and then race around a hundred. Um, that's like a haircut, you know, you're going to, you're going to first time to a barber. Sorry, ladies. I don't know how to trim your hair. Uh, they might not get the sideburns just right. They might not tape your neck exactly how you want it. You go back and you figure it out. You got to experiment with your own training and with your coach to really dial in the nuance of peaking. Um, the, so there's a lot in this post. And this video, I don't want to make this video 20 minutes long, so you're going to want to go in the post. I'm going to skip over some stuff. The question that you want to ask yourself is, are you actually peaking? Do you need to peak? If you're a new cyclist, you, you're, you're not necessarily peaking because you're not training enough to overload the system to peak. So remember that you want to, to peak, you have to drive your CTL up pretty high. If you're new and you haven't done that before, it might make you crack. So you don't want to do that. And also picking just one or two A races as a new cyclist and going to other races tired doesn't necessarily make sense for the big picture because you want to be able to put your best foot forward in the most scenarios possible so that you learn the most um, about yourself as a racer. You don't really want to show up tired. It would be better to show up 95% to every race than trying to hone in on just a couple. There's so many things to racing. You know, try to remember when you first started racing or if you're a new cyclist, ask somebody who's like six to eight months in. You go to race and everything from like getting your bib number to getting pinned to getting the start line to getting the bike ready to this and that. Just ride and train and go to the races and rest a couple days before and you'll be fine. I think that is a better way to approach this than being like, I'm peaking. If you're training eight hours, you're not peaking. Um, if you're training 10 hours, you're not peaking. You're just getting faster and feeling invincible because the training's working. If that difference is not 
talk. If I'm not saying that in a way that makes sense, let me know. So, um, are you training enough to actually peak? That's one thing to ask yourself. And then peaking for the A race, I go through in the other video. Um, really, you know, two solid blocks, eight weeks, nine weeks, seven weeks. It depends on how you taper and rest. Um, that's enough time to get a peak going. Check out the other video for the eight weeks where basically I used, I was doing some threshold before I started the block. That's my bread and butter. And I was going to come back to that before the race. We did a VO2 max block. Um, I talk about the rest week between where I should have rested a little bit more, but it definitely pushed out my FTP ceiling, had some really good workouts, came back after the rest week, felt a little stale as normal, got things kicking, crushed some TTE, crushed some high torque, um, trying to also work on reducing my VLA max for longer gravel stuff. And then my taper week was all about staying sharp and race specific and some rides was super stoked um, when coronavirus canceled the race I didn't go through the whole taper so I tested uh, the week before and then I went on a mega ride for like 165 miles on Saturday so that's the only thing that's not really race specific in that video and I mentioned that um, I just wanted to say that so if someone's following this they're like wait there's no 165 mile race at Joe Martin why do you do that I just like to ride. I'm a cyclist before a bike racer, that's for sure. Um, so how to train when not peaking. I think you can really break this down into is it early season or middle of the season or late season. If it's early season, you're still coming into race form. You want to keep your schedule normal. So let's say you're doing like a very traditional Tuesday, high intensity and volume, Wednesday's moderate, Thursday's endurance, Friday recovery, Saturday and Sunday, you show up and race. So that's kind of what I'm talking about, training through. You're not resting. You're not doing a race week where, let's say, you might do two by 10 minutes on Tuesday, openers on Wednesday, off on Thursday, openers on Friday, and then race. Those three days, the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that's going to keep your CTL just straight, and you're not training through. That's not going to get you high enough where you're not going to peak as much. So you want to train through the priority races. The hardest thing is number one, checking your ego at the door. Not yours, mine. I feel the same way. Um, the first one that I always train through is Crosswinds Classic. And it's always like the first race of the year. I'm like, oh, I want to come out and crush. It's Crosswinds Classic, dude. Like, use this as training. Be smart. Show up a little tired. Race hard. Get the fitness bump from it. And if it works out and you do well, great. But you got to keep training. Now, if it's in the middle of the season you can do more of a race week because at this point you're like racing and recovering you've gone through some builds your ctl is already probably pretty high um and if you had an early peak you know you want to come off that go through a rest week do a little bit less intensity and then come back with it you know eight weeks before the next one if you have another one in a month just cut that in half and that works as well um talk about training the strengths when to train strengths in the blog so check that out and then falling from a peak, man, sometimes, you know, you can't hold this amazing fitness forever. So I think falling from a peak is dramatic. One thing I look for when the intervals start getting hard, when you don't feel invincible, when you start noticing like, man, I just, biking's getting more difficult again. Uh, you can reduce some volume and keep some high intensity there just to try and stay sharp. Um, you know, a longer 
solution would be to take a rest week and circle back with like intensive aerobic or VO2 max, which can work well, but at the same time, you might just be a little too tired and it just might not work. Um, so the peak is very individualized. Uh, you know, you're just on really good form. So don't think about peaks as this like crazy magical unicorn thing that you're riding along on. You just trained really well and you rested. That's, that's literally all it is to it. Um, you got in a block of training and then you rested. And guess what that block of training though, like the, the drive home point here is consistency. If you are not consistent, your CTL is not gonna climb. Look in the video, uh, the other video, I mean, yeah, I love riding, so consistency for me, it, it's a priority in my life for a myriad of reasons outside of bike races. Um, but cyclists that want to get really good at racing and they you know, do a week and a half and they take five days off, it just doesn't work that way, unfortunately. We'd all love to just like kick back. If you've got a nine to five job, you need to be up at five. And you need to talk to your coach about like, okay, this week's gonna be crazy. I've got like hour chunks here and there. What do I do? 45 minutes is better than zero. Are you gonna jack up your CTL in 45 minutes? Probably not. The answer is no. Um, but just stay the course, be consistent, use the weekends when you can to get the hours in. Overtraining, I think there's a lot of posts on this. I talk about it. If you're cranky, if you're not sleeping well, even though you're tired, uh, that's a big sign. Your appetite might be off, sex drive might be off. Um, you need to really, really rest. And this is a huge, huge, this is the number one reason why I have a coach and why I pay Patrick. Because when you're in the trees and you can't see the forest, and I was at one point like, dude, what's, you know, I felt pretty banged up after the VO2 max, which we wanted. Like it was a lot of stimulus for me. It's not a strong point. It's not something that my body handles well. I can go on. threshold all day vo2 max has always been something that uh me and previous coaches we've always like it's just the high intensity it's hard when you do a solid solid block and i was kind of crumbling a little bit mentally just like man the last few workouts weren't amazing but we got good time in zone and he's like dude you're just you're tired like look at look at all this training you did and it's so silly but sometimes it takes your coach to be like dude Look at what you've done. And when it's someone else looking at it, it makes so much more sense. Like I'll have athletes, they'll be like, I'm awful, I'm so weak. And I'm like, dude, you just had like a 900, an 850, and a, you're finishing a 700 TSS week. And like you have two more rides that you want to complete. Like let's just call it quits and like go rest, absorb all that. I mean, go to any post that I've posted, go to the regeneration week and that's when you get stronger. So uh, I ended with some conclusions and self questions to ask yourself and to help us understand as athletes, like how do I get to my peak performance? Um, so yeah, check out the blog. I'm gonna link in the two videos in there. And I think as a whole piece together, this video with the other ones makes it more succinct story. Sorry, this video got a little bit long, but we're trying to hit on a lot of points. And again, a lot of it is very individualized. So hit us up if you have questions. Um, a lot of you guys aren't subscribed to the channel. It'll be a huge help if you are. And please share this with one person. If this helped you, just help us out. Share it with one person. We greatly appreciate it. And that's it.
Good luck. Crush it. When the virus is over, let's go stomp on the pedals, stomp on your competition. Let's get it.